What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Skydiving. This is amazing. Yeah, but you know what else is amazing? An iPhone 6S for just 49 bucks at Metro. Really? Imagine streaming all the way down with that amazing camera. I'm switching. That's smart. You know what else is smart? Parachutes. Woo! Switch to Metro and get an amazing iPhone 6S for only 49 bucks. Metro by T-Mobile. Phone offer requires port in of number not currently active on T-Mobile network or active on Metro in past 90 days. See store for details and terms and conditions. Take the baseline out. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another lowly anticipated episode of the Hardwood Knox podcast. I am Dan Favalli, coming at you, as always, with Andy D. Bailey. I actually don't know why I throw the D in there. Do I do that all the time? Or is that just the thing that I did tonight? I think it's usually Andrew D. Bailey just because that's my Twitter handle. Do you prefer Andy or Andrew? I call you Bales. I hope you like that. I've Andy my whole life. Andy? I don't know why. I think maybe I just went with Andrew because it was like the available Twitter handle or something. How do you feel about Bales? I'm fine with Bales. I don't know. I can't like name specific people who've gone with that one, but I have heard it before. Oh, you have? Damn it. I thought I was original. (laughs) Um, The iPhone XR is here at T-Mobile, and there's a whole lot to love, like those perfect portrait mode selfies you're going to share. Nice. And how emojis now turn every FaceTime with the kids into fun time. (laughs) In fact, the only thing you'll love more than your iPhone XR is getting it included in the price when you get an unlimited plan. That's right. Get both unlimited and iPhone XR included for just 40 bucks a month. Sure, you can get unlimited somewhere else. But for the same price at T-Mobile, you get unlimited and iPhone XR. Join today and get iPhone XR included with your unlimited plan for just 40 bucks a line for four new lines. Call 1-800-T-MOBILE or visit a store today. $30 for essentials plus $10 for iPhone XR with auto pay and qualifying trade-ins via 36 bill credits. Customers may notice lower speeds and further reduction if using more than 50 gigs per month. Video at 480p for well-qualified buyers plus taxes and fees. Contact us before canceling or remaining balances due. Qualifying service and finance agreements required. Zero down plus twenty eighty four per month for 36 months. Full price $749.99, 0% APR. Today is very special. Original edition. enough because it's not like super common. Good. I just want to be unique <laughs> enough to get by. That's all I'm trying to do. Though then you accomplish that. Today is a special podcast, and it's kind of a guinea pig podcast because it's the first one with my new podcast microphone. So as I get used to talking with this big male genitalia-looking microphone in front of my face, um, we'll see if the sound quality is hopefully good. That was an interesting introduction for your microphone. You do sound crystal clear, though. If you end up getting one ever, and this one seems like it's good, you're you're gonna see exactly what I'm talking about. I opened it and I was like, "Whoa!" <laughs> well, if that's not a selling point, I don't know what is. Uh, it's also blue, midnight blue. So yeah, you did tell me you got that. I looked them up. I think platinum is uh, more my fancy. 
Um, well, I'm we'll not. See what happens. I'm not Daddy Andy Bailey Warbucks <laughs> over here. I'm not buying a platinum mic. I hope it's. Yeah, I, it it needs to be plated in real platinum. I think the price might be a little bit higher if that was the case, but who knows? You think if it was plated in real platinum? Maybe. <laughs> anyway, enough about my quirkly shaped microphones. We are going to do a far too early, way premature. This stuff is probably going to prove to be the most inaccurate thing you've ever heard, but you should listen to it anyway. 2018 NBA free agency preview. And the the only reason we're doing it, or there's a few reasons we're doing it, it kind of ties into some of the Kyrie Irving, Carmelo Anthony stuff that's going on in the NBA right now, but also there was this good piece from ESPN.com's Tim McMahon where he quoted some general managers and league executives as basically saying that certain free agents are going to get quote-unquote squeezed next year because the market correction from 2016, which was in full swing this summer, as we saw with a lot of these deals, which makes this preview even more topical, will continue leaking in to next summer. And I think that's very interesting because there are, as always, plenty of good names on the list, but as you and I were talking about before we hopped on, there's some very interesting player options out there where it becomes a situation of, do they even enter free agency just because the booming contracts won't be there? And the final layer to this is teams that have cap space, all of a sudden they're at this great advantage because next summer they're either going to be able to charge a premium to take on bad contracts to help other teams get cap space, or they're going to go after these guys and, and have money that other people don't, and that'll make them so much more appealing. Yeah, it's... The market correction is super interesting to me. Um, we were all wrong in 2016. Yeah, every, teams were wrong. Analysts were wrong. Um, it was like every deal signed was, oh, it'll be fun. The cap's going to continue to go up each and every year. All these deals that are kind of super shock right in 2016 will look okay in a couple of years. That's, that's flipped on its head um, this summer. Um, and it's just... Just everything has changed so fast. And, and like you said, it's going to be really, really interesting to see what teams are able to do. One layer I considered that you just brought up is those teams that are going to be able to help other teams out, um, so to speak, kind of like the Brooklyn Nets did this year uh, by taking on a bad contract in Timothy Moff, and they got a good asset for doing that. They got D'Angelo Russell for doing that. So I think we could see more of that. Um, there's a couple of teams that uh, will have a ton of cap space next season, whether they spend it on free agents or, or go that route that you just described uh, will be really, really interesting to see. Uh, but for the most part, like you said, there's going to be way more teams strapped than I think they anticipated um, when the NBA's massive new TV deal was first signed. <laughs> what contract looks kind of the most that you could have defended last year? I was, was going to ask you the same question. Um, like, which, I was really bullish but, on that Alan Crabb contract, and <laughs> now it's one of the worst. I think mine might be even worse than that. <laughs> uh, was it? And it's the same team. Timothy Mozgov, you did not defend I was that. Fine. No, I was fine with the Evan Turner contract. Oh, yeah, well, uh, well actually, can we I, talk about really quick how the Nets just took on, like, three like kind of bad contracts. I know Damari Carroll is up, 
in two years, but now you have Alan Crabb, who I guess you wanted in the first place, but also Timothy Mozgov. It's just, I mean, like, they, they really steered into being the salary uh, they, dumping ground this year. Yeah, they completely took themselves out of um, free agency for the immediate future, right? Um, not for, completely. They, it looks like they have $84 million tied up going into next year's team, which would still be enough to sign somebody, uh, maybe enough to take off to, to, to take on another bad, bad contract. Sorry. Couldn't speak there for a minute. Um, but it's fine with me that they're doing that because I think they're sort of building something underneath all these bad contracts, if that makes sense. No. And Um, it, it also, you can never, I mean, they'll have cap space, especially if, Jeremy Lin ends up opting out of his deal, which we honestly don't That's know true. if he will. But it, it it prevents you from making any unnecessarily ambitious moves because even though after next year your draft debt will finally be repaid, that doesn't mean you necessarily just all of a sudden want to be good. They're, they're probably going to want to be bad in 2018, 2019 because they're going to get to keep the yeah, pick get some, at the end of the yeah, year. Yeah, it gets like lottery talent instead of middle and, and end of the first round type time is what they've been getting in the last couple of years. That's a good point. The, 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 the core that you're already building with Russell, and I, I think they have some interesting guys that they've gotten in the middle of the first round, like Karis Vert and Randy Hollis Jefferson. So even though they are taking on these bad picks, I think it's fine because, they're like I said, they're still building something there. No, I'm totally with you. And what's really interesting is this makes the Lakers' plan – looks so much better because they it, are prime yeah they they should get to 50 plus million in space and there's like a scenario um where i mapped it out that if you dump luel dang and jordan clarkson and your pass on randall's uh, restricted free agent hold you could technically re-sign Kintol, K- K- excuse me Kentavious caldwell pope using the non-bird exception and then you would still have more than fifty dollars in room to dole out. So, so kind of think how about that. How much are you giving? So, how much is that for Contavious Caldwell Pope? I'd have to look at the exact number, but it's a little, and that's assuming he makes a little bit more than he's making this year. So, like, it's so it's, he would still get a raise from what he just signed this year, right? And if he's not worth that much, then it's even better because you could still technically sign him for less under that non-bird exception, and that doesn't eat into your. You know, it counts as you can technically go over the cap to to sign that uh, non-bird, except you just have to keep his initial hold on there. So, so you would sign uh, you would sign LeBron and Paul George first, and then still have room to bring back. KCP. Well, you, it might it work it might work out even better because if Contavious Caldwell Pope isn't going to cost you twenty plus million dollars a year, then then you're fine. You could just you just use because you have to work with his cap hold anyway, which is going to be. It's like 120% of his salary this year or something along those lines. So you're still going to have to work with that cap hold. Um, and that, so if he's going to make more than that, if he ends up having this incredible year and someone's willing to give him that max deal that they wouldn't give him this summer that I personally thought was coming for the longest time during the season, um, that that's an interesting scenario. You can't afford both LeBron and Paul George and, unless you're cutting salary elsewhere and you won't really have salary to cut. At that point, but fifty million dollars—that you know—that's enough for Paul George, and then you go out and get a twenty million dollar player, and we don't necessarily know 
who that $20 million player can be in next year's market, but maybe it's a guy like a fringe max candidate um, that's going to have to end up taking less just because the market is so bizarre. There's going to be a lot of guys, and it happened this year too, who are going to just get less than they expected <laughs> previously. The the I, jackpot was being a free agent in 2016. Yeah, you won a lot. And, and maybe 2015 a little bit, right? Because there were a couple. Yeah, that's, but it's it's definitely a lot better, um, this summer and next summer. So even if they unload Dang and Clarkson, they wouldn't have enough room to do LeBron and Paul George. Is that what you said? Right. And I mean, Contavious, you would have to get to it. Let's say, let's say LeBron's willing to sign. I mean, LeBron's going to be able to sign for 35 plus million if he leaves. So you need 65 million in cap space. So that's not happening if you, if you keep Contavious Caldwell Pope. But, you know, you can, if, you know, what if Contavious Caldwell Pope ends up costing you 15 million? Now, all of a sudden, you're closer to 60 million in cap space with him um, on the books because you're essentially re- you're replacing his hold. We're subbing in his hold for what would have been, let's say, one of Clarkson, Randall, or Dang, and you're already kind of factoring in at least one of them financially into your future. So that that's just an interesting nugget. I don't know what it would take. Uh, the Lakers believe that they can dump Jordan Clarkson, and Julius Randall is as easy as basically saying, you know, we're just going to renounce you. But I don't know necessarily, though, what it would take to dump Dang, even though he'll only have just two years left on his deal at that point with just – the cap space being at such a premium right now, I, I don't know what necessarily your realistic pot sweetener would be. But that's, you know, you could renounce Caldwell Pope too, and if you you keep one of these other players in the books, you can get to two, you know, uh, max, max slots. slots. Yeah. So like a 10-year max slot, and then the 7-9-year to nine year max slot. So, um, th- th- and I just think that that's going to appeal to guys because they're not going to be able to team up so easily together in free agency not that that happens all the time it's normally a situation where like kevin durant he found he found incumbent stars and just went there uh or like lebron and and bosh they team up in in miami and Dwayne wade was kind of the guy who helped uh, usher them in he was already there so you you typically have that incumbent tie to some extent but now this kind of changes a lot of things Uh, the the other i guess element though is we might see a lot more sign and trades too uh, for yeah, that kind of made a comeback this cap. summer. Yeah. Um, did you map? Let's let's talk about LeBron and the Lakers. Um, do you think that's happening? I, th- I, I think LeBron is leaving. I don't know where he's going, and I just do- I don't see it being the Lakers. Just because I'm not. Who's the star? I, I guess Paul George. If you go to the Lakers and they have yeah, you probably Brent, want to take somebody with him. You have Paul George, LeBron, Brandon Ingram, um, Lonzo, Lonzo, and who else? You know, maybe you, uh, you know, Dan. Nance. Yeah, I you, think he's pretty good. Nance would be fun next to LeBron. I'll, I'll say that. Yeah, but it's just it's kind of like, you know, if you like, does that get you past the Warriors? Wouldn't he be probably better off? Wouldn't he be – and does it even help you challenge the Warriors uh, more than you would have in Cleveland? If I'm, He would be – like basketball-wise, it seems like a move where he'd just be going to be a veteran mentor to like this young up-and-coming group. It doesn't, it doesn't to me, seem like the best basketball move. Um, did you hear what Matt Barnes said about it? I, it was on some Fox – I can't remember which one it was. 
Um, but he said that he thinks Braun is thinking about the Lakers because of the chance to learn from Magic Johnson and like post basketball business. So I wonder if there's some sort of off the court appeal too. There's and well, there's definitely an off court appeal because he would have it's interest. Just Los Angeles too, right? And it's I don't know if he necessarily needs to learn the off court business yeah, stuff from Magic. Like he's kind of. But like, like, if he wants to dip his foot in Hollywood and like movies post career, that's a good place to be. Um, yeah, for sure. The, and you know, you never know. We, we can't if they end up if the Rockets end up trading for Carmelo Anthony, it's probably moot because he'll opt in. But like, I, I get that you're going to have all this money for Chris Paul and James Harden on the books. It's going to be, let's say, next summer is going to count. Chris Paul's cap hold will be a little bit smaller than his um, max since he opted in, but. You know, let's say it's it's sixty. Oh, it actually won't be small. Excuse me, I misspoke. So you're gonna have sixty five million dollars on the books for the two of them. Maybe they gut the rest of their roster and they go after LeBron that way. They'll have a small cap hold on Clint Capella. That would be crazy uh, you, too. You'll TJ. Uh, excuse me, PJ Tucker's contract should be easy to move. Eric Gordon, his contract should be relatively easy to move. If you get rid of Ryan Anderson this summer, or if you're willing to pay the pot sweetening price for ryan anderson that maybe that becomes an option it's just we don't necessarily know what's going to happen but if you're looking at the landscape right now and he still wants to contend for championships and and have a semi-legitimate chance against the warriors the the two teams that spring to mind for me as realistic options that uh he would one consider because he's not going to the boston celtics if for some reason they had cap space which they won't but you know philly Maybe, or maybe even San Antonio would seem to be the best destination because you get to play with Kawhi Leonard. You know that that's a team that knows how to maximize the late career ebbs and flows of elder veterans. So so, so those would be two who, who stand out for me. I don't think the Clippers are a viable option. If he goes to L.A. at this point, I, I think it'll be with the Lakers, but... I honestly, I honestly don't know. You know, you can make a case for the Nuggets, but he, no one's going to see him going to Denver. So, in, yeah. in, in terms of just realism and maybe markets and teams and just everything, when you put it together and consider it all that he would consider, I don't think we should move Philly off the table if everyone stays healthy, because they're just going to have a ton of cap space where they might be able to, if they play their cards right. Um, they might be able to get another $20 million player or someone like that after signing LeBron. And, and then, of course, San Antonio. Getting to cap space is going to be a little bit more difficult since you signed Pau Gasol to that. I think it's a Terrible really bad contract. deal. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, but those would be two teams right now that I would just keep my eye out for them leaving. I don't necessarily, though, understand that Lakers storyline, even if you're bringing someone with you. Because I, I just, you know, you look at it, Unless Brandon Ingram or Lonzo Ball both turn into superstars next year, I, I don't know that LeBron and who would be the second best free agent to play with him. It would be Paul George, right? At that point, like that would or be or Westbrook name. if Westbrook doesn't sign his extension. Right. So I, I just don't know that those four guys as, as the core of your roster. Um, I, I just don't know that they contend with Golden State even as well as Cleveland did. So we've uh, I think a couple times both of us over the last few episodes have talked about San Antonio being our sort of favorite dark horse for LeBron. Um, I agree with, with what you said about that situation. They've been awesome at managing the end of players' careers. I think everybody in the league probably has a lot of respect for Pop. 
Um, the idea of like a Kawhi Leonard, LeBron James forward tandem is, I mean, that would probably be among the best ever compiled um, in terms of like a three, four combo. But like you said, it's hard for them to get to where they would have enough space. The, the contracts that they could have come off the books are all player options next year. Um, Leonard and Gasol are guaranteed for $36 million combined next year. And then Aldridge has a player option for 22. Danny Green has a player option for 10. Rudy Gay has a player option for 9. And Joffrey Laverne has a player option for almost 2. And I, don't, I can't remember if we mentioned this before we started recording or since, but player options... This is another thing that's changed really quickly. Like a year ago, we just assumed that everyone who had a player option would opt out of it and take the bigger mm-hmm. contracts that would come with the inflated salary cap. But now that the cap is kind of leveled off, I think there's going to be a lot more players who think long and hard um, about whether or not they decline those player options. So San Antonio would probably have to make a bunch of trades. Um, not maybe not a bunch, a couple of trades to fit LeBron in. Um, Houston's really interesting to me. I wonder if you could not only squeeze him in, kind of how you described, and then <laughs> complete the banana boat team by signing Dwayne Wade to a veteran minimum. After that, I, I, it's, having seen the way LeBron's career has played out, that's something that would not surprise me at all if they were able to orchestrate that. Um, I've, I've never heard anybody mention Denver for LeBron, which I think there's a bunch of basketball situations that would make more sense than the Lakers for LeBron, and that's one for of sure. them. But there's just no chance it'll happen. Um, and Philly is interesting, too. I have heard that one. And I, I know that LeBron has worked out with Benjamins a little bit in the past, and um, that would be a similar situation to LA to me even though they might have more cap space to be able to bring in another star alongside LeBron. I think he's ultimately in Philly as sort of like a veteran mentor. I don't know if that roster is ready to compete for titles right away, even if it has LeBron. Um, so there's <laughs> there's a ton of options. We haven't really talked about Cleveland. <laughs> is, is there any chance he stays? I mean, it seems like it gets less likely with each passing day. Well, the one thing that'd be interesting, and after we had Justin Rowan on on the last podcast, I've decided that the Cavaliers would be a better team if they traded Kyrie Irving for the Malcolm Brogdon, Chris Middleton, and then a first that you can maybe flip for like another guy or you keep the first. I, that trade to me makes them better. I know the worry would be the shot-making abilities of the two players you're you're getting back. Can either of them kind of create out of nothing? Middleton can be okay in that regard. He hasn't necessarily had to do a lot of that in Milwaukee, and Brogdon will only hopefully develop, even though he's on the other side for a rookie. And you just look at that defensive range they provide and off-ball offensive skill sets combination with secondary playmaking. I think that would actually trade would make the Cavaliers better and perhaps more appealing to LeBron in the long term. The other thing that I think would help is if you get Melo, and and he eventually decides that, hey, I'll go to Cleveland, the Rockets aren't happening. Regardless of whether 
he kind of let's say he comes over as part of the Irving deal and you get Irving not going to the Knicks, but it's a three team trade where maybe they're getting back Eric Bledsoe or maybe they're getting back Andrew Wiggins. Like one of those things is happening. Um, that might be their best shot at keeping LeBron is if you get mellow, then you have the inside track on if Wade gets bought out by the bulls mid season, which I wouldn't say is a lock, but that's going to become a a stronger topic of conversation. It'll be on the table. Yeah. Right. Then you have those three guys there. Maybe he's just more likely to stay because the banana boat crew is there. Or maybe you, I don't know if he would opt in, but maybe you sign another one plus one because Mello is probably going to want to pick up his option for next season when looking at the market, because he's slated to make, I believe it's more than $27 million, and, and it could, you know, I could say, oh, it'll take Melo two years to recoup that. And if he goes to a team that just has a ton of cap space and he doesn't care about winning, then, yeah, he'll get that money in two years. But there might be teams where it would take him three seasons to make back that yeah. 27-something million dollars. That, to me, seems like the Cavaliers' best hope. And to circle back to your point about the Spurs, just kind of looking at their salary cap situation, and, and maybe this is a discussion unto itself. If LaMarcus Aldridge opts out, the Spurs are looking at – I guess you have to factor in the draft pick hole that they might inevitably get. They're looking at, let's say, $18 million in space. So they have to get 17 more uh, to get LeBron. So they'd have, to, they'd have to find a way to get rid of Aldridge, Green, and Gay. Well, Green might opt out and sign for less because everyone thought he was going to get more than $40 million that he got. I think if he opts in, it might help them, or if he's going to resign for less, that actually helps them. I don't know what Gay would do. It, it would be kind of surprising if he opt out, but maybe he knows he'll get more playing time elsewhere. Um, or maybe this is a Pau Gasol situation uh, where he's just going to opt out and they, he knows that he can sign a longer deal with them. But if, if, you, for, if you get him to opt out and – Danny Green does opt out, you're getting to a point where you could afford LeBron. You'll be closer to, uh, it, you know, let's say $35 million in cap space on the button when you factor in those empty roster charges. You might have a little bit more. So that gets you there, but I don't think you want to get rid of Danny Green, and that, and that's probably the primary yeah, that... obstacle, is assuming, you you know, you could renounce Kyle Anderson, um, and that'll get you closer, but you're not going to want to renounce both Bertans and Forbes necessarily. Maybe you will. So if Gay opts out and Aldridge opts out and you pass on Kyle Anderson, you have a clear path to $30 million. Um, and LeBron probably isn't taking pay cuts. So the question becomes, how do you make up that $5 million? Yeah, they would have to do a lot. And it goes back to what both of us already said. It would have been a lot easier without that... <laughs> How this all but the, the, deal, and maybe they already know that they that they're just not in the LeBron sweepstakes. Maybe they could, you know. But I, I just don't know. What I, I don't understand why they would sign that. Otherwise, I mean, they had to know that that was basically taking them out of agency for the next at least one summer. Right. It was. I, I don't know. Major it, players, at least. I don't did could they have possibly thought that they were still going to be players for major guys this summer? They, they seem a little bit smarter than that. So uh, maybe there's yeah, a lot. Probably the first move I can remember from them where I was like, "What are what are you doing? I don't really understand this." I'm just going to continue to trust them because they're the Spurs, and I think they've kind of yeah. earned the benefit of the doubt. They definitely earned that. Yeah. So I, you know, seriously, what happened? Danny Green opts out and takes a pay cut, like just to sign for five million dollars. That doesn't seem like something he would do. But that that would be the type of move. It's like that... super Spursian. It would like right. it wouldn't shock you. 
So uh, I kind of want to spend a, a couple minutes on that, though, is, is we've kind of talked to LeBron and the destinations basketball-wise we think he's fit. So really quick, LeBron prediction from you right now. I think he's going to end up, unless you wind up, if the Cavaliers don't have Melo and Wade on their team by the end of the season, I think he will leave, and I don't think it's going to be for the Lakers. That's as much of a LeBron prediction as you're getting out That's of That's as me. far as you'll go. Yeah. I actually liked your explanation for how to um, keep him there. I think it would help, um, and and maybe at some point this summer, Melo relaxes and says, "Yeah, I'll, I'll waive the no trade clause for Cleveland too." If I had to make a prediction right now, well, you do. Um, <laughs> since you, and like I said earlier, I don't think it's the best basketball choice. Wait, um, so your your pick is you would kind of cut out there for a second. So your pick is he's going to sign with the Lakers. Yeah. Um, I don't know. <laughs> like that, it's not the best basketball fit, at least not in my mind. Um, but there's all of the, like you mentioned, Hollywood stuff. Uh, there's a chance that cement his legacy one more time for, for like, if not the most storied franchise in the league, the second most storied franchise in the league. And he can't, um, sort of be that veteran into our life. Maybe he takes pride in turning, Brandon Ingram, Toronto Ball, and two really good players. Um, I have a lot there that's intriguing. I, I'm not confident <laughs> in this prediction, uh, but that's if if I had to give one, that's the one I'm going to go with. That's fair enough. So, to this player option point that we were talking about, do you Aldridge will be a good starting point? Do you think it? There is any part of the Spurs that just signed Pau Gasol to this deal because they have an inkling that LaMarcus Aldridge isn't going to opt out because he isn't going to want to pass on the, um, how much is he, $22.3 million? That could be part of it. Um, I think, so his is an interesting case because it sort of has to do with what his value will be as well as it in San Antonio. Because, I mean, there's a report since he signed that deal, but it had not been a seamless transition. So, if he is unhappy, I mean, if he's unhappy enough to turn down $22.3 million, maybe that's a factor. Um, if he thinks he can get that money back in another contract with another team, but, I mean, like, I mean, this is a really interesting case. Like, which, which teams that have cap space next year would even want LaMarcus Aldridge? I got – people are going to say the Suns, but they won't want him. Uh, people forget that the Suns just have this huge front court logjam. I, I honestly I, – I don't know. Would the Bulls There's, want him? I was going to list off – yeah. I mean, we've we've got some – we've got cap space for 2018 pulled up on – SpotTrack.com. Philadelphia has sixty-one million. I don't think they're they're going to even entertain that. Nope. Um, the Bulls, you mentioned, maybe um, they had a chance to draft him, right? Isn't that the year they took Tyrus Thomas? Mm-hmm. Um, the Lakers, I don't think so. They already tried that, and then they'll have their eyes set on other prizes. The Mavericks, isn't he from Dallas? Marcus Aldridge is from Dallas, yes. So I don't. <laughs> that's always a storyline oh, no. with NBA free agents. I don't know if they 
to correct the both of us though, Lamarcus Aldridge was drafted by the Bulls, and he was. And then they traded, traded him for Tyrus Thomas, right? Yes. Yeah. What what a what a trade that turned out to be. Yeah, one one of the worst <laughs> ever for draft night deals. Um, those are the teams, and then the Hawks and the Suns would also have enough to. And these are just teams that could pay him twenty two million plus right out of the bat. Um, would you? I don't even, know if any of those make a ton of sense to me. No, and none of them do. And even if you lower the price, because if it, maybe he gets a three-year, yeah, forty-five million like dollar 45, deal, uh, yeah, that's still even tough to. You know, if the Hawks are all of a sudden interested in becoming mediocre again, as opposed to rebuilding, but it doesn't look like that's they what they're trying to do. Yeah, they've completely bottomed out. I think they have embraced uh, a season or two of tanking. And I think Dallas has finally embraced like building through young players too. So I don't know if it makes sense for them either. No, it doesn't. So I, <laughs> and that the Bulls are the only front office I see on this list that I'm like, well, they might do that. <laughs> yeah, where it's just like, but uh... even then, it's not like they're a team that sh- like what they should be doing is building with draft picks and young players. Right. I... That's not necessarily what they will do, but. They're, they're... Um, there would be teams that, you know, maybe maybe it's a sign and trade situation, but then you, then you still need a team that has cap space because you're not going to want to take back all this salary since it eats into your own cap space. It, it's just it's such a bizarre situation. I'm even going down the list of let's say screw cap space. Who who would want him? You know, the Pelicans will be interesting if the Marcus Cousins leaves, maybe. What if yeah, DeMarcus so Cousins goes thinking, to the Spurs? <laughs> that would be quite the reclamation. Not reclamation. Um, I'll just say project for Popovich. If he could be the guy that gets DeMarcus Cousins focused. Um, is Aldridge one of those guys who's like the game has just passed him by? Because a couple years ago when we could sort of see the game changing, it still seemed like he might fit because maybe he could become a stretch five um, who would who would be able to survive in the new sort of pace and space NBA? But he he hasn't adjusted quite as well as maybe I expected him to. I think he can be, and th- this is kind of the th- this is kind of what the Spurs have to experiment with next year is can you use him as that small ball five more? And are you willing to use him as the small ball five more? Because And is he willing too? Right, because he didn't, you know, him and the Knicks, that's the team I automatically go to in 2015, he didn't want to play center and they wanted to use him as a center. And while it kind of says that he played, that he's split a lot of time there since he joined San Antonio, just 121 of his minutes came as the lone big man up front last season like without david lee or that's weird um, Pau Gasol on the on the court so and the offense was terrible during that time the lineup i'd be interested to see from the spurs which did not play per the data i'm looking at at least danny green Kawhi leonard javon javon i can't pronounce his name murray dejante dejante murray and patty mills plus aldridge that and maybe he can shoot more threes that way he's a better passer than i think that uh, he's shown to this point with the Spurs. Um, I, I, I guess, I don't, I don't know, maybe I'm living in 2014, 2015, but uh, he, he's taken more three-pointers in the past, and we saw that Popovich was willing to let Pau Gasol shoot a lot from beyond. I thought for sure his three-pointers 
his attempts would take off. They in San have Antonio. to this season because if you look at their depth chart, they don't actually have a center. Like they have one, and it's Pau Gasol. Unless you count, uh, and it should Joffrey be as a center, then that's fine. But he's more of an emergency. He's not. Can he be your second string center? Yeah, you would hope not. I, I think the smart thing to do, and this this seems crazy to say when we're talking about a Greg Popovich team, because obviously he knows more than me. But does he? Um, Just kidding. Love you, Pop. <laughs> that's a yeah. That's a that's a good question, actually. Maybe it's time to just say Lamarcus Aldridge is a five. It, he is though in today's game because he can't. He, he shouldn't should be, be switching these pick and rolls. Like he. No, he's not that kind of mobile four who can. Like the other thing is you, speed along the three point line. Go you ahead. don't sign post Achilles injury Rudy Gay to play small forward. Right? No, that too. He's got to be a power forward. Manu needs to be a power Unless, forward next year. Like they just want to have the slowest front court in the league when Kawhi's not on the floor. <laughs> yeah, because if you if you're playing lineups that are like Gay, Gasol, and Aldridge during Kawhi Leonard's breaks, oh, oh my gosh, gosh. <laughs> that's that's like just asking for a disaster. They need to get Darren Williams on that team then too, so they can run really slow. Yeah, on that. Or perfect. I guess you can put Tony Parker out there or wait before he's Tony healed. Parker comes back. Yeah, before he's healed. There you go. That, that's how you um, play. They'll average about five possessions per forty eight minutes. <laughs> <laughs> he's got. They have to. He or whatever team he's on to accept that he's a center, I think. I, for him to, to like truly survive in the new NBA. I and I actually think he could be pretty good as a full time center. Like he's thirty two but there's like I believe in his ability to hit threes. Um I think he can be like a decent stationary rim protector. So <clears throat> to me if he's if he's gonna survive it's gotta be a five. I 100% agree with you there. Um, and they, they, I think this is the season that they have to play him at the five. All right, so this this is morphed into more of just like a pre-flowing discussion than a uh, 2018 preview. But I do have a list of 2018 free agents, though. Um, do you want to run through and just do like predictions on these guys? Yeah, I'm Some down of them for that. Really um. Kevin Durant, I think we can assume, is will moving. either opt in or re-sign. If he, I could, if he opts in, and that's going to end up saving. I'm not even including luxury tax. It's going to end up saving like the Warriors twenty million dollars or something before taxes over these next two years. That'll be unbelievable. That deal he signed is unreal. Where do you stand on that? There was a big debate when he first signed that deal. Like, this doesn't help the players, and players should take every single cent they can, every chance, like every time they're free agents. Because I, I don't really know, like, that argument. Um, I don't really know where I stand on it. Like, I actually, dude, there's a, there's a, still a part of me that thinks it's kind of, like, cool to sacrifice for the team like that. And I get it's just sort of padding the owner's pockets and I don't care one way or other. I'm just a supporter of player free will, and not even to make it more profound. Yeah. They have the right to leave and make their own decisions in free agency. If he wants to take a pay cut and help billionaires save money or if he wants to take a pay cut to make it play for a better team right to make it more likely that they use the taxpayers mid-level on nick young that's his choice and they didn't you know maybe he liked playing with andre godal and sean livingston so much maybe he liked the feeling of winning almost effortlessly during the regular season that he wanted to keep this thing going and that's that's his prerogative 
it's interesting that uh, uh, it looked like if you if you kind of looked at the separation and this is obviously an unofficial poll it, it seemed like a lot of the casual fans um weren't as against it and unless you know this wasn't their team or maybe there were more casual fans against it but the interesting element is is that it seems casual fans tend to side with the uh, the owners where it's like oh he, this player is making too much well wh- where did you want that money yeah. to go in the billionaires pocket so <laughs> it's such an interesting topic and i'm not about players saving the owner's money anymore like i've moved beyond the whole you should take a pay cut to team up i think players should try to make as much as they can while they can and if you're tim hardaway jr and the knicks are throwing 71 million dollars in your face you you take that (laughs) because your window is so small to earn and if kevin durant wants to make that sacrifice because he has these other endorsements because he likes his team he likes the feeling of winning he wants to play with nick young or he wants to play with andre Godal and sean livingston then then let him do it it's just maybe i think that might be more indifference than support of it um, because personally, I wouldn't necessarily do it, but we're not in that situation. Yeah, I think indifference is probably more where I am on it too. But I would agree with you that just sort of free agency or free will is um, – I'm fine with them making whatever choice they want. So we both think he's uh, going back to Golden State. Oklahoma City, yeah. Russell Westbrook um, – his is interesting. Well, if if he can opt out next year, do you think like he'll Kevin sign Durant, the extension? I, I'm gonna say yes. That's my prediction on Russell Westbrook. It's he, just he signs the super extension and stays in OKC. I go back and forth because on the one hand, that Paul George trade proved a lot. It showed that the Thunder aren't just going to submit to any type of irrelevance, or they'll never stop trying to go in and remain super relevant. Uh, the fact that right right now they're slated to pay the luxury tax, maybe that changes by season's end if they make some cost-cutting trades, but that shows a commitment as well. On the flip side, if you don't know that Paul George is coming back and you sign this extension, all of a sudden you're sitting there now and you've watched them lose James Harden, Serge Ibaka, Kevin Durant, Paul George. That's borderline an all-star roster by itself. Yeah. But it wasn't really like um, – there wasn't much OKC could have done differently to keep Kevin Durant and Paul George, though. No, and it's, it's not – I'm not insulting the franchise itself, but at some so point – So it's just like – At some point he, you have to worry – Maybe he wants to know that players want to play in Oklahoma City with him. Right, because wasn't it even the one year that Pau Gasol signed with the Bulls? Wasn't it possible for him to like sign with Oklahoma City and, and he kind of passed? Yeah, I remember when that was um, an option, yeah. So it's I go back and forth. I I think I lean toward him. I, I honestly don't know. There's a there's a part of me that thinks if he was going to sign the extension, he would have done it already. But already. maybe this Paul yeah. George trade is kind of making him uh, looking like he's going to get that money anyway. And maybe he would still resign even if Paul George leaves. Uh, but I feel like everything that happened in the aftermath of Kitty leaving, like him having this superhero season and the like entire state just embracing him as this hero who stayed winning the MVP. Um, it sounds like he's sort of a, like a down to earth family type guy off the court. So maybe, and he loves the fashion and stuff like that. Um, but 
but maybe he doesn't need to be in New York or L.A. Um, I, I think there are a lot of factors pointing towards him resigning. So that would that would be my guess on that one. But as with everything else, I, <laughs> with as crazy as NBA offseasons have been in the last few years, I can't say much with with a lot of confidence. Um, right. So all right. So I, we LeBron, both got him going Kevin back. Durant, Russell. I got the next one for you. I know who it's going to be. Jokic. I actually thought it was going to be Paul George. Um, He's actually next on this list. So Jokic. But, so this is interesting because right, does Denver like does Denver decline the team option, reward him early, and sort of like foster that good relationship, or do they continue to pay him like way less? than his value so they can maybe flesh out the roster even more before they gave him his big payday. My gut says that if you're going to be able, I don't know what's going to happen with Mason Plumlee's salary, which makes this a little hard, but if you can dump Kenneth Fareed and you're only paying one of him or Mason Plumlee and you know Wilson Chandler's going to opt out uh, and, and you know that you're going to be using Gary Harris's small hold and Will Barton's small hold, you can still have cap space with him and I would rather deal with restricted free agency as opposed to yeah, un- that was the next thing I was going to that's thanks for bringing that up that's that's more important than my phrase so, uh, no fine so so if he if he if they if, he, if they decline the team option there's restricted free agency so they control what happens if he plays out this contract he's unrestricted which is infinitely more risky but anyway go ahead the only thing I'll say is that if you're willing to pay him top dollar in 2019 still he's probably coming back and he you know he signs this contract you you explain it to him like that's the plan um but yeah. pers- personally i would rather deal with restricted free agency because maybe you end up that as extra t- layer of security and right and maybe you end up keeping him for cheaper as terrible as that sounds you know if he goes out and the market isn't going to give him a max contract it, it probably does even in the uh, kind of strained market that he's going to be in but maybe it doesn't maybe you get to keep him cheaper because he wasn't able to find that massive offer sheet but if you're if your interest is going out in free agency and trying to poach someone else then there's definite value in letting him kind of operate under that cap hold you know maybe i don't know who you would go after in that situation though because you look at a lot of the top free agents next year and they're supposed to be centers you know russell westbrook probably isn't going to denver if he leaves okc uh, Chris Paul isn't going to get sick of Houston, and you're not going to target, you know, Demarcus Cousins or DeAndre Jordan. Would you maybe target? Maybe they get Thomas? like. That was going to. Yeah, that was a name I was actually going to throw out there. Um, and that it. I, and I maybe some like mid-level guys. Like, I don't know. They they might not need him if they still got Gary Harris and Jamal Murray, but maybe somebody like Avery Bradley. Oh, um, the Pistons. Um. <laughs> I don't know what the Nuggets are going to do, but I I think I think they should decline his team option is my stance because you don't necessarily want – if you're not going to get LeBron, to me there's no reason to have the max contract space because you don't want to get too expensive too quick. Um, yeah. And so pay Jokic, make that be your expense because he's younger. And you Did you may, see uh, – go ahead. And you just try and sign again. This was the last thing I was going to say. Try and sign that smaller scale guy. So I think that's the yeah. path. And they'll again, they they'll have path to a lot of cap space if they want it. You can get rid of Kenneth Fareed if Wilson Chandler opts out. That that's money um, that'll come off your books too. 
Did you see the last stat I tweeted about Jokic? I think it was today. I feel like you tweet multiple stats about Jokic every day. So I'm not. I'm not sure that I catch them all. I should. I should maybe change my Twitter name to something about like Jokic fan club or something. Uh, there's actually um, already a Jokic fan club, and they followed me on Twitter the other day, and I'm really wondering if it's you now. <laughs> You'll never know. Is it this one um, single season leaders since 2000 2001 for yeah? Percent? So I I use the shot finder on Basketball Reference. Um, I don't remember. I just stumbled upon his field goal percentage from, I think it was 3 to 10 feet the other day, and it was like 62%, which is more than a bunch of guys shoot at the rim. Like, it's a better field goal percentage than Kyrie Irving shoots at the rim, who everybody says is the best finisher in the game, um, erroneously. But that's another <laughs> that's another uh, fight for another day. But So then I just started playing around with the shot finder, and I was looking at um, – the range, it's a huge range from three feet out to 20 feet. And last year, Jokic shot 58.8% on over 400 attempts in that range, which just blew my mind. Second place last year was Chris Paul at around like 51%. Wow. And that's where most of the leaders are for the last 15 years is like just over 50. And it's it's guys like Dirk Nowitzki, Steve Nash, uh, Brent Berry's on here, Mahmoud Abdul-Raouf. And Jokic... No, you just validated Phil Jackson's Stephen Curry comparison right there. <laughs> Jokic is at almost 60. I don't looking... think people understand how like ridiculously skilled this guy already is. Right, and the defensive arguments, a, a couple things that I'm going to make. They're like, overblown to me, but go ahead. Because he's a good defensive rebounder, and yep. that, that's Which a part of, defense. part of defense. Yeah. Um, and he'll be, I, I firmly believe, especially next to Millsap, and you don't want to use the – if, if I'm going to give that context, then I'm going to have the you know the Kyrie Irving people come at me and say, well, he'll be a franchise player if you tailor the roster defensively perfectly to his needs. But if you allow Jokic to be closer to a more stationary rim protector where he's allowed to hover around the paint more, I think yeah. he'll be fine. I don't think he'll give up such a large percentage of shots at the rim. And third, and perhaps most importantly, this is one of those offensive players, and I'm, I'm – kind of trying to think i'll use stephen curry as an example stephen curry can be a plus defender so it's a bad example but there are nights when he's an even defender or maybe where he could be overmatched as a minus defender and his offensive value is just so damn high that it doesn't yeah. matter and and that's Jokic. and it, I, that's not to take away from steph because i think he's an underrated defender so let's just get that um out on the record right there but Jokic is so valuable on offense nearly doesn't matter how much he'll take away on defense because it will never be even close to as much as he's giving you on offense. And again, the defensive rebounds uh, will always kind of help even that out in some way. Yeah. You can't, you don't end a defensive possession until you get the rebound. And he's going to bring it up the court too, which is like, it's kind of in between offense and defense. So that, that transition isn't something a lot of teams have in their bigs. I'm I'm with you completely. Like the net will always be a massive plus <laughs> with him. Um, the next one on the list. So we didn't really give a prediction. You said that you you think they should probably decline the team option and let him enter free agency. He, he's going to be in Denver, and I think it will. This will be. I'll make an official prediction now because I copped out on the Russell Westbrook <laughs> front. Um, Jokic uh, is going to be a restricted free agent, and they will resign him. Is my prediction. I'm, I agree with that one. Um, and then next is Paul George, who you thought was coming, 
before. This is another interesting one. He's got a player option. Um, he'll almost certainly opt out. Uh, is there any chance he stays in OKC? I think there is a chance because if you look at their roster, I don't know that there's a team in the Western Conference better equipped to defend the Warriors. I don't think there is. If you if they throw out that small ball lineup of, let's say, Patrick Patterson at the five, Jeremy Grant at the four, Paul George at the three, Roberson as your two, and Russell Westbrook as your one, and Westbrook isn't that great of a defender, but he does sometimes move around. But those other four guys can essentially switch everything. Mm-hmm. And I, even if you want to... No, you can't. You you could maybe swap out Jeremy Grant and throw Terrence Ferguson in there, but that's only if he really shows you something I was, as a rookie. But you can't use. I was thinking of Brenes with for, that for the shooting. As a possibility, I totally just for understand. like a little extra punch. Right, but for the shooting. But I, I think get the it. lineup you named is the best defensive one. That's for sure. Right. So, um, that is that that is why maybe they get to the Western Conference Finals and maybe they give the Warriors a fight. You know, if you're the second best, even if you're just the second or third best team in the West, and say you have to, whenever you face the Warriors, it's going to be in the second or third round because Oklahoma City isn't going to be the eighth seed. Uh, If you face them and you put up a semblance of a fight, like that's all of a sudden in your mind, Joe, oh, wow, Enos Cantor's deal, maybe they can move it over the offseason and maybe we'll be able to get someone else at the mid-level and that type of steal of a deal like we did with Patrick Patterson this year. I, I do think it's possible. I'm, I'm actually going to put the chances, and this is higher than I thought they would be at when he was traded there. I think it's 50-50 that he leaves mm. Oklahoma City. And I, I think that's generous, more than generous. And if he does leave, I don't think he's going anywhere other than the Lakers. I don't. I just don't see it. Yeah, the Lakers win. is the the obvious choice, Which and that would be my prediction. What do you have him on? Leaving the Thunder, you think he's going to sign with the Lakers? Is that is that your actual? Um, yeah, I would go like seventy thirty that he goes to the Lakers. I and I I, I think that's almost thirty percent is probably a bigger percentage than you would have more given than him. I would have. If exactly. he went, if he went anywhere other than Boston, you're probably not giving thirty percent to any other team. Yeah, that's true. And I think the argument that you laid out is. Very valid. Like well, if you put up, a, if you like have a puncher's chance um, in the Western Conference Finals, that's something you're definitely going to think about during next summer. But then, <laughs> with him, there are there are some heavy factors um, helping out LA's case too. I mean, he loves the Lakers. He's from there. Maybe maybe him and LeBron have already talked, or maybe him and another free agent have already talked about we're going to be able to join up in LA next summer. Um, so I think. If I had to make a prediction on that one, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go Lakers. And uh, that so, brings us to – go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to move on to the next guy. That brings us to Chris Paul, unrestricted free agent. Not leaving Houston, right? Um, yeah, I don't think so. I think it would have to go terribly wrong, and I don't think it will go terribly wrong. Do you think Houston – do you think he's going to get the five-year max? That just seems yeah, like such a bad decision. Because he would be 38 at the end of that, right? Yep. And Daryl Morey is um, – he's about as money ball as it gets in the in the NBA. I, he understands the value of stars, so he's not like trying to – he's not trying to cobble together a roster like Billy Bean in the Oakland Athletics. Um, 
but he he would have to look at that number and 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 balk. <laughs> it's, it's gonna to be he's paying gonna be him. It would be over forty million. mil. Yeah, it's not at, in the at first year, obviously. But... And with a guy, he's been healthy lately, but there are like he's gonna be thirty eight. Like <laughs> it's just yeah, and there's there's injury concerns like earlier in his career. Right. Maybe that catches up to him this year or next year or two years from now. So, yes, I think that's a very real question. But he's, he's is it a, is it enough to make him like if they want to pay him for three years? Is it enough to make him say, okay, well, I'm going to go get it somewhere else? I mean, where's where's he going to go get it? Where's he going to get the fourth the, year that, from? Yeah, that's a good question too. Because like, which which other team? We've already talked about how cap space is going to be tighter than we expected. So maybe the Spurs would still have interest then. He was wasn't he scheduled to meet with the Nuggets too at one point? I'm sure they would have interest there. He would get it, I think. But I think things have to go really, really wrong in Houston. And we're talking that they don't even get a top four playoff seed for for some reason other than injuries for him. And, to yeah, there's there'd have to be like chemistry issues between him and Harden or something. Yes, so our official collaborative prediction is Chris Paul resigns with the Rockets, and I'm yeah, going. I'm going to say it's a four-year max. I just split the difference. I, yeah, I think it's going to be a situation where, where I guess he's making a sacrifice, and maybe he won't. You know, this rule, this over thirty-eight rule that it became. He's the the players' association president, so it, it, I don't know what kind of precedent it sets. For yeah, he needs to take it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he'll, um, he'll be back with the Rocks, but for some reason, like I just don't, yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe it'll be even a shorter deal. I, I you know what, I, I got nothing. But he's not going anywhere. So I failed to mention that I'm, I'm pulling these names from. Um, oh, I know where you're pulling them from now. Kevin Pelton. Yes, um, he's. Okay. Yes, I'm. So it's I'm his 2018 free agency. So I've we're at number seven. Joel and Ben. Would you extend him, Joel Embiid? Another interesting case. I feel like I've said this before every single name. Um, yeah, I know. Could you come up with like a real opinion? <laughs> this is tough because when he's on the floor, he is like um, he's like the next evolutionary step after Hakeem Olajuwon, but he's only played 31 games in three years, and it was all last year. So. It, there's definitely a risk to um, extending him to a, a max deal right now. I, I did not answer your question. <laughs> here's here's where I stand. Uh, I wouldn't. The only re, the only way I am is if he is about to accept a discount that is noticeably below his eighteen point three million dollar cap hold for next year. So if he's not, which that seems unlikely, right? Right. So if he's not. Then you wait and you just work with that cap hold that would be on your books anyway if you signed him for more. And then I look at it from this perspective. Either he stayed healthy and now you want to pay him or he didn't and you force him to either go get that money elsewhere so you can move on or he ends up signing his qualifying offer and we kind of do this whole dance over again the year after. And no matter what, and this is the important thing, I I think the Sixers need to keep Robert Covington. If they can, they should – I know they could probably try and wait and see if the market squeezes him next year, but if you can get him for like between eight and twelve million annually now, uh, just do it. That would because, be a steal because yeah. with with Embiid's cap hold, you're still going to start working um, with thirty million dollars in cap space or more if you get rid of Nick Stauskas's 
hold. And again, if you let Covington's situation kind of ride out and you're working with his minuscule cap hold, then then you talk about forty plus million dollars in room. Uh, assuming, of course, you know you get rid of Stauskas, Reddick, Amir Johnson, etc. Uh, they're in a good position. I don't think they're going to extend Embiid because he would. It, it has to be a situation where it's like, let's say, fourteen million Huge a year discount. to make yeah. it worth your while. And he he's not going to do that because I think even if he's injured again, I, it it might not be a situation where you have to sign a qualifying offer. Maybe someone will give you know if you're the Bulls and and you're not really sure what you're doing the next three to five years anyway. Maybe you just give him a ton of money over the next three years that the Sixers aren't going to match. Yeah, I think I would. Uh... So my, agree with that. My, I think the safe route is to go ahead and let him in a restricted free agency. And I think he will, and I think they'll resign him because I don't think he's – we're banking on health, which I guess is unpredictable, but I, I think he'll enter restricted free agency, and I think they will end up keeping him. All right, number eight, Boogie Cousins. This one's exciting. I, I, I don't even have a hint of a clue what he might do. <laughs> it's the Pelicans. There are... is so much that depends on. Yes, the Pelicans are so uh, intriguing. Like, what are they going to look like? How is everything going to fit together? And uh, what will it mean for for Cousins going forward? The roster right now, there's a lot of things they have to hit on. Uh, if Rondo continues to shoot threes off the catch like he has the past two years, they might be better than we expect. Especially if Drew Holiday kind of returns to his off-ball form. He didn't have it for parts. Of last year, the Ian Clark signing I think was good. Their starting lineup is really good. If, I, I know if, everybody was kind of down on the Rondo signing, but I get what they're doing. I was more baffled, but I think it has the potential to be really good. And I don't know how long you could get away with this, but if if you can kind of just carve out minutes for Etwan Moore at the three and run him out with Rondo, who is presumably shooting uh, as he's been shooting. And Drew Holiday and Anthony Davis and DeMarcus Cousins, that that lineup has some two-way pop. Or you just have to pray that Solomon Hill finally becomes the shooter that he was for he's... a minute in the playoffs. Yeah, 2016. <laughs> a minute here and there throughout his career. I, I I think Solomon Hill is like a plus defender, and he's he's uh talk about a deal from 2016 that went sour. Uh, that's one that I think everybody expected to go sour, but. Um, yeah, I think there's a ton of talent in that lineup. If it goes swimmingly, and it, it um, I think one of the reasons they signed Rondo is because Cousins left playing with him in Sacramento, so maybe that helps. They uh, also, uh, signing Chris Finch from the Denver Nuggets, the assistant coach, who, who kind of knows how to implement offenses with Doom. Yeah, uh, well, yeah. <laughs> or yeah. Rondo. Well, and also, let's not forget what he did in Denver with Jokic. I think is important, too, how the Nuggets designed oh, okay. their offense. That kind of provides you with... Play through uh, Cousins at, like, the high post, maybe. Well, I'm just saying... Cousins if... is a really good passer, but right. anyway. Cousins is exceptional. Uh, it's just, if you can if you can kind of figure out what, how to balance Davis and Cousins, you have to get them to play off one another. There need to be dual big pick-and-rolls, probably. Um, I would expect that Davis is going to have to... Journey oh man, more. four or five pick and rolls with Davis and Cousins. Did they do that at all last year? I, I, watching them was so weird because it seemed like they did something different every game. They did start to get it together um, offensively near the end of the season. I'm not sure how much noise there is in in these numbers, but when you kind of look at their, what was their final, their last 10 appearances together, uh, the Pelicans scored with a very good defense. They, they also scored 
109 points per 100 possessions. And again, there's they were just starting to figure it out. Right, and we're talking about mid mid March and beyond. So it's it's rife with all these caveats about the teams yeah. that they were playing. But maybe that provides you a blueprint. What might be interesting for them, even if this season doesn't go according to plan, is there going to be a way for them to make any kind of splash in free agency next summer? Let's just assume, um, and I don't think this is a big leap, that Etwan Moore is just movable because he'll have two years left on his deal at about you know, 17-something total. Uh, let's kind of just assume that you're able to dump him. Ajinsa will be expiring at that point. Maybe it should be easy. When does that Ashik deal finally come off? 2019-2020. So if you stretch oh him. Oh, my gosh. Right. So you would have to still stretch him, which is less than ideal, like way less than ideal. But you yeah. get to split the final $23 million, <laughs> which is just I can't believe that. That's such That's a crazy. number to say. Uh, that's one of those deals, by the way, that everyone knew. How many was, years was that when he first five. signed? It was five and like 60. Like that was one of those deals that you knew at the time. Yeah, everybody. <laughs> like it was just. That was a bad one. It was It was bad. Right from the start. So if, if you happened to like stretch him, he'll be on the books for about four, let's just say 4.7 million to kind of round up. Um, you really can't get capped flexibility because you would still saw you would have to get rid of solomon hill and etuan Moore and ajinsa as well and if you get to that point yeah we're not even talking about the minimum cap holds here that would be on this you, you might be able to get between i don't know 10 and 14 million dollars in cap space and that's not going to get you a player this is carrying cousins hold but that's not going to necessarily maybe you know maybe it does you know if you could add Avery Bradley to this roster maybe yeah that's ten, interesting maybe ten to fourteen million is enough for him but it, I don't know if that sells you on keeping Cousins I'm more interested in knowing if you think there are any real threats to maybe poaching him next year because of the way the obviously there'll always be room for someone like Cousins and maybe the Spurs would take a look at him but that's kind of yeah. tough when you're paying Pau Gasol so much money to justify it but who who else you know if Nerlens Noel ends up signing his qualifying offer and Dallas is all of a sudden looking at all this cap space or, or something along those lines maybe that's an interesting spot yeah the, the Lakers would probably be involved I would think especially if they don't get George or um, LeBron I'm sure they would Zero in on Cousins. Circling back, Davis did run 19 pick-and-rolls, and Cousins ran 13 pick-and-rolls last year, which is an extremely small sample, but they did it. Um, we don't know how many of those pick-and-rolls were together, though. That's true. I wonder if I can... Uh, There's no... I don't think the NBA uh, tracks it by... to let you isolate it. I don't remember seeing a lot of it, if I saw it at all. And last season, the end of last season, feels like this blur. Cousins, yeah, I don't think there's a way to filter for date. I, God, man, Cousins is so tough. I, I honestly, he's one of those other situations where I don't know what my, what my prediction would be. I think he's going to end up staying. I just, yeah, I'm gonna. If I had to predict, I'm gonna say they keep this group together. Maybe he even signs a which maybe because maybe he, you know, he's the type of player that doesn't not that he doesn't have to worry about getting his money. But someone's going to max him out regardless, so maybe he does a one plus one or something. It, it would be kind of weird yeah. to see a twenty-seven year old going on twenty-eight. Doing that that early, right? 
but maybe that's something he does. Um, so I, I think yeah, he he's definitely a guy that would, even with the the cap tightening up on everybody, he's getting a max regardless. Um, so yeah, I'll say he stays too. Next one is DeAndre Jordan. Does he even opt out? I think is a very interesting question. My guess is yes, because the Clippers, knowing Doc, will just resign him because he's yeah so adverse to rebuilding. And he would probably get a, if not a max, close to a max for five years. That's you. You have to opt out. And but but on the that. flip side, who is giving him that on the open market? It's kind of this Nerlens Noel situation. There's who was who was going to give Austin Rivers any money on the open market? That's another fair point, and I I don't think he, but, he but should. maybe the only difference is Jerry West is there now, and maybe he can sort of rein Doc Rivers in a little bit. Yeah, totally. Uh, this offseason definitely proved that when they traded yet another first round pick. Yeah, <laughs> that they only just acquired, but whatever. Yeah, good point. Um, um, but I'm just again I'm looking at this, and what would be the team? Would the Spurs be interested in him because he's like. Dwayne Dedman on a ton of steroids and nitrous oxide, and you could maybe get him for it's less than that. It's interesting how many teams, like, or how many players we think make sense for the Spurs with all the... Uh... Anyone makes sense for the Spurs. They've literally yeah. proven they can work with anyone now because we were like, well, they don't... when Like Dedman, well, maybe he won't really play. He's kind of this athletic rim runner, and, and then he's just, he's good with them. There's, There's a stretch so where he was they amazing. have to do to, like, fit anybody in, though. Um, of the other teams that have cap space, I... The Sixers don't make sense because they'll have Embiid and Holmes. And, the Bulls shouldn't uh, be signing someone who's going to be 30. No. Lakers, maybe, if they whiff on everybody. The Mavericks, <laughs> I'm sure, wouldn't go down that road again. Oh, man. How great, though. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think most of the teams with cap space, it's just hard to justify doing anything other than continuing to build organically. But maybe that's just our basketball philosophies. Right, because we clearly we we're wrong about the spending craze itself. So, I, yeah. <laughs> but I'm going to say he stays in Los Angeles. Yeah, I'll say he stays too. I'll say he opts out and signs like a four or five year huge deal. All right, so I'm looking. Let's see if we can blow through these next 10 names. Let's let's try and do sub a minute for them because there's, I think there's right. too many interesting I was going to stop at 10, but uh, I'll, I'll keep going. Um, so let's, well, we're on number 10, which is Isaiah, Isaiah Thomas. Thomas. He's not I'll getting say... much money. Did you see that he has Bruce so Truck sandals now? Yes, I did. That was amazing, but he's not – he's going to get paid. I hope he's offended by the fact that they don't roll out the Brinks truck, which in this analogy is a max contract, um, and he goes somewhere. He, he's going to – But I don't know where he's going to go. Denver might be interesting, but that defense yeah, – that, Yeah, that's interesting. That defense would be – you know, They'd give up like 120 <laughs> per 100 possessions. The, again, the Lakers aren't going to do it. We can at least remove them from this equation. The Sixers aren't going to do it. The Bulls really shouldn't because he's older. Same deal with the Hawks. The, the Suns always seem to have just too many ball handlers. They wouldn't go down that route again either, right? right? That would no. be admitting the Jazz failure. don't. The Jazz would be interesting if they didn't have Rubio under contract still with Exum. But like if Exum was restricted free agent and they just traded Rubio or something just to bring in Thomas because you have all those defenders around him. The Nets are a no. The Rockets shouldn't have space, and if they do, they won't be going after him. Uh, again, it's just— I'm going to say when push comes to shove, he takes less than the max from Boston. Oh, that, that's not even a question. He's not getting the max. I think he's yeah. going to end up making $15 million or less. Ooh, wow. And that's not—again, that's not—I just— 
the way the point guard market is structured, maybe the Celtics are just willing to pay him because he's kind of become the face of their franchise. So I don't think they'll be able to get him that low, though. I, I mean, it'll be interesting. He'll, That's about half his max, right? Thirty million yeah. will be around his total. I'm gonna go with fifteen million or less, and I, I don't necessarily think that if he was. I don't necessarily think that's way too ambitious. I mean, we thought, let's remember, that we kind of thought George Hill was going to get $20 million a year. And this is... He basically did, didn't he? He got, I thought it was like, but it was from the Kings. It was like three Isaiah. and high 50s. Yeah, I mean, the market is definitely a lot different than we thought it would be. And if we're talking about free agents getting squeezed, maybe I'm wrong. Um, I'm going to say Boston at like, like 22, 23. That'll be an interesting contract to watch. Um, yeah, it's definitely interesting. Here's another Bradley one. Avery Pistons. Bradley. Uh, he's, he has to be one of those guys who, right up there with Thomas, is really it's, ticked because not only was he on this bargain deal for four years, but he's hitting the market again yeah, at a time. I was going to say, he, he's, he's one where I think the money will be a lot less than he expected. I, what, what would you peg him at? I, I think somebody will get him at around 10. Whoa. I think that's incredibly low. The Pistons can't let him walk now right that would be egregious on their part yeah <laughs> after punting on kcp and like unless you hit the detonate button but I, I don't know i don't necessarily know why you would do that the only way they can hit that is if they find somebody to take drummond and jackson which i i think that's going to be tough right uh i'm gonna Maybe say 10's too low i i'll say like i'll say 12 i'm gonna say <laughs> he gets i'm gonna say he gets I'm gonna say between twelve and sixteen million. I'm just and gonna be so staying. wrong. It's I'll, gonna be I'll great. Say he stays. Ooh, that's a good question too. I don't. I'm. I'm looking at teams. I don't necessarily know where the Nuggets would be good for him, but they already have Gary Harris and Will Barton. Will be a free agent. I think he stays just because even if the Pistons have to overpay him, they don't really have a choice. Like you traded for him and. You know, yeah. like KCP walk, so kind of put yourself in a corner. That brings this one's impossible. Aaron Gordon. Really, I think this is. I think this is. Uh, he goes out and gets a like four year sixty from somebody, and Orlando just matches it. Tell me who's giving him the four year sixty, then we'll talk. <laughs> no, honestly, uh, this is oh, yeah, that's a good. Let me think. Dallas, maybe. Uh, they got. They've kind of turned Barnes into a power forward, and Dirk is going to come back. I, I mean, this Aaron Gordon makes sense for a lot of these teams with cap space, though, because he's still really young. This is so true. a lot of these teams, I wouldn't be surprised. Like, I wouldn't be surprised to see Phoenix or Atlanta or Dallas throw money at him Phoenix. because he fits the timeline that they've that they've I mean, sort of established. Right, Aaron Gordon and Marquise Chris on the same team would be. Probably not good, but it, they'd be really explosive. Be real athletic, yeah. <laughs> the Bulls, maybe they did just re. That was the Cristiano Felicio deal. Was that one of the most puzzling deals in free? Like it wasn't necessarily bad at four years, thirty-two million, but it was also kind of like, what? It was almost like the Bulls. I was, I was fine with that one. I, I, I don't really know where else they so were going to spend you, it right you have now. Cristiano I think Felicio he's like a eight million dollars a year, and, and you were going to give Avery Bradley ten. What's the matter with you? <laughs> Maybe I just have a soft spot for big guys still for some reason. Because you're one of them, but I guess in the NBA you wouldn't be. Suit? No, yeah, I would be like a Chuck Hayes level big guy. Nice, but relative <laughs> to this podcast, you are about I'm six foot. You're about seven inches taller than me. Yeah, relative to like normal. Somebody somebody said on Twitter the other day that 
the mystique of Joe Ingalls is that he looks like all of us, but he's also really good. <laughs> I was like, he's six eight. You, you you see like six eight people walking around in real life. They do not look like us. <laughs> that might be the best. That might be the best. It's it's like the people who argue that Stephen Curry makes kids believe that th- they can be good at basketball because he's not dunking all the time. But it's like yeah, right. But he basically just blinks and the ball goes in. <laughs> he's also an athletic freak. Yeah, it's um, like a different. Anyway, I'm gonna agree with you on Aaron Gordon, but I don't know where that offer is coming from. And Orlando might be smart to explore his extension market. You're not going to do that with Alfred Payton, but maybe you can get him at less than that now. Dallas would be interesting. I agree. Um, I just he's I, only 22 years old. I just would the Pacers they if they they could probably get cap space. Would they take a flyer? Maybe not. They have T.J. Leaf, Miles Turner, Thad Young will be Thad Young has a player option. I wonder the Nets could maybe get to a point where they can offer that much. Right, so there will be options. He'll get options. I, I think he's All one right. that is gonna, relatively gonna, safe. I'll roll with you. Four and 60 that they match. That brings us to Clint Capella. Staying with the Rockets um, at the same, I'm going to say a similar price point. Ah, rim runners. Nerlens Noel's contract is going to be the barometer for Clint Capella. Maybe this is a Tristan Thompson situation where you're paying him for the sacrifices that he's making on a contender so he gets more. I just don't know, you know, he's the he question, gets overpowered in the post still. That, I think the question with one. him is if they have um, ideas for a super team like you laid out earlier, can well, they... You, well, you have his cap hold to work with, which isn't going to be too high because he was drafted I can never really low. Spot. He was in the 20s, right? His cap so, hold... So his cap hold is going to be bait, relative to this situation. Seven million dollars is his cap hold. That's probably one that's you try bad. and work with. Yeah, that's true. So I think they're gonna, they won't extend him unless they just get word that they're never, they're not gonna get LeBron and they're just gonna yank themselves, or they won't get Paul. You know, maybe it'd be easier to create money for Paul George. They'd be a nice dark horse for him if they got the roster. But I'll say they keep him at. I don't, I don't know. I, what do you think? Do you think thirteen million a year, four and fifty six, four and fifty two, four to four and fifty six? Yeah, that sounds maybe? about right. I'll say he stays. I'll let you read off the next ones. Okay, um, we'll do super rapid fire on these. Yusef Nurkic with the Blazers. I say they keep him. No extension though, and and for how much? Yeah, like restricted free agency, probably. So, so much depends on just how he plays this season, though. Like that's one yeah. of those studies. I, I'll say Clint I Capella. Think he'll money. Get, yeah, I think he'll get around fifteen too, probably. Andrew Wiggins doesn't even matter because he's either going to get traded number fifteen, he's either going to get <laughs> traded to the Cavs, or they're just going to sign him to a max extension. I five years and one forty eight, which is hell of a, a mistake to me, but I think. If you it believe, sounds like that's what they're going to do. If you believe and you turn out to be right that he's going to be a plus defender, because this is a guy who's 6'8 and should be able to defend two threes and fours, maybe even some ones, I get it. But um, I, I think they're going to keep Hasn't him. Hasn't been a lot of evidence for that yet. W- whatever team he goes to, whether it's Cleveland or Minnesota, I'm going to say he stays on Minnesota because I don't necessarily see a workable deal um, for Kyrie Irving until December, and I don't think the Cavs wait that long. So I say he stays and extends with Minnesota. Ditto. Uh, Jabari Parker, this is a sad one. Uh, I'm going to say he stays. 
Do you know what his cap hold is? Are you ready to get floored? Oh, man. Uh, Over $20 million. Holy cow. So it's just like you you have to re-sign him first almost to try and do anything in free agency if you're going to go through the hoops. Because yeah, I wonder if they could extend him now for less than that. I wouldn't, but I mean, he's working on a second ACL injury. Yeah, I know. It's that's a sad case. I I had really high hopes for him coming out of Duke. And he's not going to uh, come back till like January, so I don't. I I yeah, think he's going to miss most of this season. I don't think he's a player you renounced just yet, though. So I think he'll end up staying with the Bucks, and whether it's a shorter term deal or. I don't necessarily know what it could be. Maybe it's smarter for them to try and just offer him like this huge one-year deal and reevaluate the situation in 2019. Yeah, because they don't. I mean, I'm not paying him 15 that one extra year isn't killing their timeline either. Yeah, I'm not. I wouldn't give him 15 million a year. I, I don't think I'd give him 13 million a year at this point. With the health concerns. And also, he can't defend threes. And you yeah. really, he can't even with his improved stroke, you probably shouldn't be playing him as an offensive three anyway. Yeah, he, I think he's like a full time four for sure. Small ball um, five. So I say he stays. Price unknown. Yeah, I think he stays too. Covington, I think, stays in Philly. I think he gets extended, or at least he should. Maybe he's willing to bet on himself, but I, I think he stays at between 12 and, and 15 million a year. One of the best perimeter defenders in the league. We get him to peer behind the curtain with the dogs barking in the background. Fantastic. <laughs> Gary Harris, uh, Denver will keep him. Won't extend him though. I know they were talking about it, but if you, unless you're not, if they extend him, that might be a sign that Jokic is not going to be a restricted free agent. KCP, I've, I'm going to say he leaves just because I've said so many guys are going to stay, and I think the Lakers will chase big fish. Right, and he might be. And you laid out how they might be able to keep those guys and keep KCP, but um, I, th- I think it'll just end up being easier for them to to. Add there, players there are teams that. where he'd be interesting. Like you know, he'll still be young enough. Maybe the Bulls look because they need a wing, and he he'll be an unrestricted free agent. So they might be able to overpay him, kind of pull what the Lakers did this year, but give him a little bit longer of a deal. Yeah. So you got him leaving too, or yeah, he's gone. And you know what? I'm just just for fun. I'm gonna say he ends up in Chicago. Give the Bulls some hope. Oh wait, um, they're gonna have to resign Zach Levine. That'll be an. I might have. I might be an idiot, but I'm gonna say he's Los Angeles. Danny Green, last one. He's staying with the Spurs. What do you think he's gonna do? Does he opt in, opt out, and resign for the same money? Uh, I will say he opts in. I think the Spurs will be mostly sort of um, like Stan Pat, kind of how they did this summer. Can we get just two really quick predictions because of the names that are ranked in the top 25? Does LaMarcus Aldridge opt out, and will Carmelo Anthony use his early termination option? Um, I think I think Aldridge opts in. And I think Anthony will opt in, too. I think those are fair. I think they both take the money. I think Aldridge will opt out. Anthony will opt in unless the Knicks are really just messing with him and they keep him through next season. That would be that would be one, yeah. hell, one hell of a thing to happen. All right, we pretty much uh, 
I would say we killed it. Maybe started a little yeah. slow off in the beginning, but uh, yeah. we really we gave you guys some good stuff leading into next year. So you're welcome. Absolutely. That's all I'm going to say. Um, as always, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, uh, Block Talk Radio, Stitcher. We still need to get um, Google Play up and running for you, but we will do that soon. Uh, leave us a rating in any of those places. Follow Dan at Dan Favalli on Twitter, F-A-V-A-L-E. I am at Andrew D. Bailey. The show's at Hardwood Knox. Uh, follow NBA Math, our new uh, host for the podcast. And until next time, shout out to Bino Udri. The iPhone XR is here at T-Mobile, and there's a whole lot to love, like those perfect portrait mode selfies you're going to share. Nice. And how emojis now turn every FaceTime with the kids into fun time. <laughs> In fact, the only thing you'll love more than your iPhone XR is getting it included in the price when you get an unlimited plan. That's right. Get both unlimited and iPhone XR included for just 40 bucks a month. Sure, you can get unlimited somewhere else. But for the same price at T-Mobile, you get unlimited and iPhone XR. Join today and get iPhone XR included with your unlimited plan for just 40 bucks a line for four new lines. Call 1-800-T-MOBILE or visit a store today. $30 for essentials plus $10 for iPhone XR with auto pay and qualifying trade-ins via 36 bill credits. Customers may notice lower speeds and further reduction if using more than 50 gigs per month. Video at 480p for well-qualified buyers plus taxes and fees. Contact us before canceling or remaining balances due. Qualifying service and finance agreements required. Zero down plus $20.84 per month for 36 months. Full price $749.99, 0% APR. The iPhone XR is here at T-Mobile, and there's a whole lot to love, like those perfect portrait mode selfies you're going to share. Nice. And how emojis now turn every FaceTime with the kids into fun time. <laughs> in fact, the only thing you'll love more than your iPhone XR is getting it included in the price when you get an unlimited plan. That's right. Get both unlimited and iPhone XR included for just 40 bucks a month. Sure, you can get unlimited somewhere else. But for the same price at T-Mobile, you get unlimited and iPhone XR. Join today and get iPhone XR included with your unlimited plan for just 40 bucks a line for four new lines. Call 1-800-T-MOBILE or visit a store today. $30 for essentials plus $10 for iPhone XR with auto pay and qualifying trade-ins via 36 bill credits. Customers may notice lower speeds and further reduction if using more than 50 gigs per month. Video at 480p for well-qualified buyers plus taxes and fees. Contact us before canceling or remaining balances due. Qualifying service and finance agreements required. Zero down plus $20.84 per month for 36 months. Full price $749.99, 0% APR. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.